The word of God, I must say to you, is quick and active. The word of God is living. The word of God is not just a mere written text. The word of God is living. It's a living thing. When the word of God proceeds, when it comes out from the mouth of God, as Matthew puts it, when it comes out from the mouth of God, it is a living and active word, powerful, able to effect change and change things. It is not a dead letter. God's word is living. I am talking about the word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. It is active, it is powerful. Come with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. And as you open to Genesis chapter 1, you want to lift up your head. One of the most important bodies on the earth today is the church of the living God. I know most of you know it, but I need to say it to emphasize it. That the most important body on the earth is a church of the living God. Because the church of the living God is a training ground of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Being in the church is one of the greatest places that we could ever be. Hallelujah. Paul puts it this way. It is the pillar and the foundation of truth. There is no truth anywhere else than in the church of the living God. Praise God. I will not be very long today, I guess. I guess I will not be very long. What I'm doing today is continuing something we began three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, we spoke, we took on the subject, uh, a question. And the question was this, has God abandoned the earth? And of course, most Christians will say no. But some will say yes, because some say God is dead. There is no God. So the book I'm going to even read from is discounted. It's not accepted in some people's minds. Genesis 1, oh no, scrap it. Actually, some people say Genesis 1 to 11 should be scrapped, should be taken out. Because what is there? Is not practical. But God have mercy. That's why I say that the, the church of a living God is a ground and a pillar of truth. The world can say whatever it wants to say. Today the world says so many things. But at the end of the day, we are to return to the word of the living God. Amen. Has God abandoned the earth? Our answer was this, that God has a great plan which he 
has executed and is still executing. Praise Jesus. There was a great work in the garden. We saw that great plan to make man in his own image. Then there was the great deception. Then there was a great promise about the great attack and the great victory. Hallelujah. Then we have the great covenants. Because God's plan was never going to be aborted. He would never allow his plan to be, this, or to be put aside by the enemy. So, so the God brought in all those great covenants with the great people. So all those things were interim plans of God. The covenants, the patriarchs, all that, Israel, all the nations, everything. It was, it was all part of the plans. And the whole thing was to end and come back to God's original purpose in Christ. All throughout the Old Testament, all that was happening was just an interim plan. Christ dying on the cross, significant, was part of the ongoing plan. And now when Christ resurrected and the church was born, something new had begun. Hallelujah. Praise God. So God, has God abandoned the, the earth? No. God had a, a great victorious plan. And part of this victorious plan was for Christ to come and for us to become born again. What we call new creation. Hallelujah. Being in Christ, being in Christ, or being in Christ is not, is not an improvement of, 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 of our old natures. Being in Christ, you are called a, a new creation. When any man is in Christ, the Bible says he is a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 7, 17. We are a new, or you are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Praise God. So in God's original plan, we have him, we have him creating everything and setting a man to be in charge of his earth. Now, when that happens, the understanding is that when God restores all things, we just return to the original state. No, it's not a mere return to the original state. Rather, it is a new Creation. Is someone hearing me? Because I need, I need, because this this needs to be understood first before we move on. In Christ, it's not just a restoration to the old plan, but a new creation. What does the new creation mean? The new creation means that Christ now lives on the inside of the individual. Okay. Let's Christ, Jesus Christ, not just Christ alone. Christ, the Father and the Holy Ghost. John 14. He said, those who hear my commandment and keep it, I and the Father, we will come and we will make our abode in him. Either Christ was telling us fables or he was telling us truth. Words are very important to, to me. Either it was fables or it was truth. That I and the Father will come and make our abode in, he, in you. 
And then later on, he says, and the Holy Spirit too, when he, he will come and he will indwell in you. So when we say a person is born again, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost indwells you. That means this mortal flesh embodies the living God. Is someone hearing me? I am saying, I am not suggesting, I am saying on the authority of the word of God that if a person is born again, this mortal flesh embodies the living God. You, you, you embody the living God. It is, not, it is not trying to be a Christian. Forget that. It is living. Living God out. Amen. Amen. You see. And. This living God out, this living God out is expensive. The living God out is expensive. It's not cheap. The world wants to make it cheap. The world doesn't understand that Christ living God living in you, you've been an embodiment of God. It's not a cheap thing, it's very expensive. It, it costs, it's expensive. Christ said, If you're going to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. It's expensive, but the world doesn't un understand. The world has cheapened everything, and now it wants to cheapen Christianity. Hello? Would we allow that? Oh, come on. That's very weak. Would we allow that? No. Oh, come on. That's very weak. Would we allow that? No. Okay. We're coming alive now. Praise God. The world wants to cheapen Christianity for us. But we will not allow that. You see... The world has invented a, a religion. And it wants Christians to, to, you know, to think that they're the same. It is called humanitarianism. Humanitarianism. And when we talk about Christianity, they are talking about humanitarianism. And it's so similar that sometimes you might get tripped and begin to do humanitarianism and think that actually you are doing Christianity. But as a catch, humanitarianism says all obstacles to humanity must be removed. Hello? Humanitarianism says all obstacles in a human life must be removed. But Paul will say, I have the right to do all things. I'm at liberty to do all things, but not all things are lawful. So in Christianity, there are some things we do, some things we don't. And that is a breaking point of humanitarianism and Christianity. We are bound by certain commands of God. Humanitarianism says, no, everything you want to do, just do it. If you think you want to change this, you don't like this, you want to change it, change it. You're a man, you want to be a woman, change it. Hey. Humanitarianism. Christianity says, no. I'm at liberty to do all things, but not all things. So that's a breaking point. 
So they want to make it cheap, but we will keep it expensive. Hallelujah. Because that's what the master himself did. Praise God. We will not cheapen it. You see, so that means there are certain sacrifices you have to go through. Some sacrifices in the Christian walk. And when you're making those sacrifices, the world will say, no, there's no need to. No sacrifices. Oh, I like Amy Carmichael. Amy Carmichael says, no wounds, no scar. And you say you're following the master and you've got no wounds and no scars. When the path that he led, he had wounds and scars. But you, no wounds, no scars, no bruises. Nothing that makes you feel the pinch. And David in 2 Samuel, when he was offered a field to make a sacrifice, to pacify the heart of God, but Aruna, Aruna's field. Aruna said, I will give my field to you for, for free. King, take it and make a sacrifice to God so that this plague can see or can stop. David said, no, I will not give to God something that has cost me. The world says, no, 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 no. Serving God is cheap. No, it's not. It's expensive. What am I saying? What I'm saying is that serving God costs something. It costs something. It will place some demands upon the body. It will place some restrictions upon the body. Things we would like to do, we will find out that, you know what? I can't do this because Christ doesn't allow it. Christ doesn't want his soul. Would my master be pleased when I stand before him, not in glory, but right here on earth in prayer? What would I tell him? Sometimes we say, when you stand before God, what would you do? That's too far away. Now I'm, I'm talking about right here in prayer. What would you do? Because when you go on your knees, he's, he sees the heart. He sees, he sees everything. What are we telling him? Playing games? No. So world... We are sorry, but we are Christians. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We tell the world we are Christians. Hallelujah. And Christianity is expensive. What am I talking about today? I'm talking about the new creation and dominion. I'm done with the new creation. Now let's go to the, do to the dominion. Come with me to Genesis chapter 1, please. Genesis chapter 1. I have to just address this issue. So that when we're looking at dominion, we have a better understanding of our, of, our, of our foundation. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, we read these words. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the earth, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon, upon, upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful, praise God. You remember we said that them there refers to what? both male and female. So let's not make any mistake that the dominion was just a part of those that God created. Hello? Them. Male and female. Praise God. No distinction here. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the earth and over every keeping, every and over every living thing 
that moveth upon the earth. So here we see that the two, two words appear here in this, in this short text. And that word is the word dominion. Dominion. In the Old Testament, both OT and NT, this word dominion, we understand, is a word. After you've done all your, all your discussions, you have to conclude that dominion belongs to, to God. That is, he is the one that has absolute dominion. Praise God. When it's all said and done, God has absolute dominion. That's his, he is sovereign. In all that he does. In Romans 6 verse 14, that same word is used, dominion. And it is used in the sense that sin should not have dominion over the Christian. That is, sin should not rule over us. And what is sin? Sin is missing the mark. The mark that God has set for, for us. It should not, our lifestyle should not be characterized by missing God's mark. Is someone hearing me? Yeah. Our lifestyle shouldn't be characterized by missing God's mark. That everything you're doing is missing God's mark. No, it shouldn't be. That, that's the life of the world. Right. It also, the word dominion also has the connotation of um, like having political power over a territory. Dominion. When you have political power over, 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 a, over a region, we say you have dominion. When you come to Ephesians chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 1, I'm not reading them, but verse 21 of Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 21 and Colossians 1, 16, we have the understanding that the word dominion is also used to refer to angels, powers, rulers, and all that. Now, in those passages, what Paul is doing in those passages is, is this. He's contesting or he's standing against an opinion of the world. Or the way some people want to let a church to believe. What they want the church to believe is, is this. They say that there are powers, there are dominion, there are authorities in the atmosphere that are between the creator and the creation. And it is these powers that determines a human being's destiny. But in these verses, what Paul is doing here, Paul is saying, no, that is not true. And his argument is this. Even if there are dominions, there are powers, there are authorities. Even if there are these things, all these are created by Christ. And therefore, they are under so his argument is that the only one between the creator and humanity is Christ. He is the mediator. Hallelujah. And not in his spirit, not in the power. Hallelujah. Oh, I thought you were going to shut on this one. Oh my goodness. So the only one between you and God is Christ. He is the mediator. He is the one between God and you. No other. Let our heart and our minds be filled with this truth. That there's no power that determines your destiny but God through Christ. Hello? Hi. Who determines that de destiny? God through Christ. There's no middle power. There are false middle powers. But the ultimate power between God and man is Christ. And that's the argument there. But the dominion we see in Genesis 1, 26 and 28 is different from the dominion I've mentioned so far. Yes, it still means rule. But its meaning is different. And we want to explore that this, this morning. Praise God. If you can remember the picture that we gave of the word dominion. That the word dominion is this. It has this picture of the man through the door. 
there's a man and there's a door, a doorway. And, 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 and the picture is the man through the doors, a man going through a door. And as the man enters the door, there is a sheet on the ground, a sheet on the ground with, with, with specific boundaries. And the man walks on that sheet. He doesn't go outside it. He walks on that sheet. And what does that mean? Indicating access and exercising influence. So when God said man should have dominion, the sense was that man should have access. Have access to what I have created and that specific area I've designed for you have influence, have influence, have influence over that area. Praise God. Are you, are you still with me? Let me not lose you. Now, so three things here, three, 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 three things. Access, dominion, unfortunately, has been misunderstood, abused, and used wrongly in many different contexts. That when some people don't want to hear that word dominion, some people to hear it and they want to apply it, but then they find themselves in trouble. <laughs> you know, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 24, God told Israel, Israel, I've given you the land. That was an example of dominion, right? I've given you the land. Shall we read it, please? Let's read it, yeah. Every place whereon the sole of your foot shall tread, tread, dominion, shall be yours. From the wilderness, north, <laughs> and Lebanon, from the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea shall be your coast. So in the wilderness, Lebanon, River Ephrates and Atomos, and even the Atomos Sea defines the north, south, east, and west of the land that God was giving them. So what we see here is this, that God had a specific place he wanted the Israelites to occupy. They couldn't go and occupy another place. It was this place that he was going to give them victory. And it was in this place they were meant to worship him, serve him, make the land a place where God inhabits. Fruitful. Hallelujah. Right. Unfortunately, some of the Jews took this word to mean everywhere in the whole world. So wherever they go, we take this place. And then some Christians also decided to be using this, this, this word. So wherever they go, I'm here. The sole of my foot has stuck this place. So I've, I've, I have taken it. Although they make all those claims, they still realize that actually they become the one being dominated. And they don't even have access to anything. And others are ruling and dominating them. But from what we see from the word here, there are three, three words, access. Specific area. And then spreading the influence. It's a process. It's a process. The word used here is a process. Access. Access. Man is meant to have access. Access to what? Before you can have dominion, there must be access. And access requires knowledge. Hello. Let me reach out to everyone here. Access requires knowledge. Did God not say we had to have dominion over the birth of the earth? Hello? Now, let's take the word rule, right? Rule for dominion. How many of us here rule birds? Oh, seriously. Oh, seriously. How many of us here rule birds? 
Okay? How many of us here rule the sea? Or even a fish in the sea? What about goats? So you see that we, we don't even understand, we don't even un, 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 understand how the birds even get to do what they do. Left alone to rule over them. To be in control over them. So then brings in the idea of access. Planes. How were planes made? Planes were made after the understanding of the principle of the, how the birds fly. Submarines. How the fishes swim under the sea. Cars. We use the word like horsepower. Where does that come from? The car's horsepower. What's the horsepower of the car? Uh, guys are more lucky to understand the whole, they talk about horsepower. I'm not sure because uh, Horsepower talks about how fast the, the car will run. If the horsepower of the, of the car is 300 and your car's horsepower is, is 83, that means on the road, I will beat you hands down any, any time. Because, you know, in the olden days, horses used to drive the carriages. Right? So, if you have two horses, your carriage will run faster. Three horses, your carriage will run faster than one. So, the more the horsepower the faster your car. So that principle comes from the, the speed of horses running. So people have, have worked on these areas and have understood them and are using them. They are understanding. So those who understand those things are using them. Now, the airwaves, we all know what the airwaves does now. Some years ago, we didn't even all we knew was radio. But now through Bluetooth and all that, it's still using the same, same airwaves. So God gave all these things to us that we will understand them. Oftentimes, what am I saying? I'm saying all this to make a point. Oftentimes, people, people say, we, I won't have dominion, I won't have dominion. But you don't even have the insight, the understanding, the knowledge in the area. So if you want to go into any area, Find out, become knowledgeable about that area. Access. Become knowledgeable about that about that area. Have access, so you can have access. And it is a specific area. It's not everywhere. God calls you and me with specific purposes to fulfill. It is those areas we are to focus on. If I move out of my territory, I'm out my zone and I'll be struggling but in that area there'll be grace there'll be wisdom there'll be strength and I'll make impact and in that area I should be I should begin to excel I should begin to excel I should begin to excel begin to have insight in that area men automatically recognize your 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 insight and understanding and men automatically listen to you. But when you don't have anything to offer, but you want dominion, who offers you that? No one. God did not create us just to sit down. But hey, to have dominion. Hallelujah. But this dominion will not come just by wishing it. We need to have access to those places that we ought to go to. But the access comes through knowledge. Begin to acquire information, knowledge around the, those areas. And become, become better. Because you want to have dominion. Set that when you speak. Attention. Is given to you. Then dominion is not. You don't force it. You don't strive for it. You don't kill anybody down. Anybody to have it. You don't pull someone down so you can ascend. No. It just flows automatically to you.
But is that all we want to say about dominion? Oh, no, 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 no. 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 That's not what we want to say about dominion. Let me ask a question here. Dominion does not mean to just have the rule and dominate and just that. No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. I want to point you, I want to bring your attention to something. Come with me, please. If you wouldn't mind, come with me to First Kings chapter 4, verse 24. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 24. This word dominion. God create strike your chest and tell yourself, God created me to have dominion. Oh, say it until it registered into your mind. God created me to have dominion. Or God created me to exercise dominion. Let me put it in that way. God created me to exercise dominion. Hallelujah. Now in 1 Kings 4, 24, let's read. For he had dominion, right, over all the region on the side, the river. From Tipsha, sorry, from, from, from Tipsa, even to Aza, over all the kingdom on the side, and he had peace on all sides round about him. Notice the word, he had dominion, and he had what? Peace all around him. Second scripture, come with me. Second scripture, Nehemiah 9 verse 28. We've just come from that book, so I'm sure you know this book. Left, right, and forth. Nehemiah 9, verse 28. In Nehemiah 9, verse 28, it talks about the enemies of Israel. And it reads like this. It says, but after they had rest, that's Israel, they did evil again before thee. Therefore, that's Nehemiah speaking. Therefore, let us doubt them in the hand of their enemies. So God gave Israel to the hands of, of their enemies. So that they had the dominion over them. So the enemies had dominion over Israel. Yet when they returned and cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven. And many times did thou deliver them according to thy mercy. Watch the word. Many times God delivered them. Right? But it's something I want you to see here in this text. That the enemies had dominion over them. But what did that dominion do? It drove them to where? To God. Hello? The enemies had dominion over them, but it drove them to God. It did not drive them away from God. It drove them to God. It made them understand, do you know what? We, from what is happening, we need to get back in line with God. Praise Jesus. And then Psalm 49, verse 14, please. Psalm 49, verse 14, talks about the rule of the righteous. Psalm 49, verse 14. 49, verse 14 says, Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. They shall feed on, on, on them. Okay. And the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. And their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. This text is talking about the righteous having the rule over the wicked. When the upright is ruling, what will life be for the wicked? Joyful or harmful? Hello? When the upright is ruling the wicked, will their experience be joyful? Will the wicked have a joyful time? Or will it be 
in sorrow. Joyfulness. When the wicked rule, the people suffer. But when the upright rule, there's rejoicing in the city. So in all these instances, what we see, one thing is very, very, it brings something out about this word dominion, which is used in Genesis, which is the word rada. R-A-D-A-H. But without the vowels, it's R-D-H. Rada. Now, this word rada, it means control. Okay? It means control. Control, but it means mastery of mastery skills. Although it means control, it is not control in the sense of restricting movements. It is control or it is having control or over, over, over something as a way of bringing out the best out of it. If you didn't hear anything I've said so far from here, please hear. Hallelujah. Amen. The word dominion, which is used in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 28, is the word rada, and it refers to having control. The same word rule, but its meaning is different. Now look at the context of Genesis chapter 1. When God created all these things, he said, you have control. Have control. Have, I've done all these things. Now you have the rule over them. When you look at the word, it means tread. It means tramp on. So some people think that the word means, you know, harshly tramp upon people or tramp upon things and just destroy things. But let me ask you a very logical question here. How, why would God take time to do all his creation and when he finishes, give to man and say, man, destroy it? Hello? Why would God make the animals and after he's done all of them, God will say, now destroy it? It doesn't add up. So that word there is not in the sense of tyrannical rule or with harshness and force and selfishness. Actually, let me show you something in Ezekiel. In Ezekiel. Ezekiel 34, verse 4. Specifically, the verse 4. Ezekiel 34, verse 4. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 34 and the fourth verse. Here, God was slashing, you know, the shepherds. What they've done wrong. And he says, verse 4. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither have ye bound up that which was broken, neither have ye brought again that which was driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have ye rather them, the word there is rather, dominion, but with cruelty. Have you exercised dominion over them? What God is saying is, when I gave you dominion over these things, you have not cared for the sick. You've not cared for the broken. You've not cared for the young, for those that were lost, and actually with force and cruelty. So when God... Used, when, when God said man should have dominion in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 28, God was not talking about cruelty, force, selfishness, doing things just for, because of greed and all that. God was not, that was not God's mind at all. But all throughout the earth, what we see is exactly this. But God has made us new creation so that we can change this order. We have become new creation inhabited by God. You know, people often say, 
To err is human. Yes, I understand. To err is human. But this human, God lives on the inside of him. Hello? God lives on the inside of this human. So God wants to continue his work through us. Let me come clean on this. In Genesis, I wanted to watch something. Our dominion should not, when God, God puts us in charge of all the things around us, God never meant for us to just care about ourselves and let those things perish and get destroyed. Hello. Okay, come with me. I'll do this. Genesis 1. Come with me. Verse 6. Watch closely, with, watch closely with me. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let there be what? Let it divide the waters from the waters. Right? Verse 6. Now, look at the verse 7. Look at the verse 7. And what happened? And God did what? So God said, let it be. Oftentimes, it's been taken the whole, God said it and then it just came from somewhere. No. Verse 7 says, and God made. God made it. God said it and made it. Hello? And verse 7, the end of the verse 7 says, and it was so. Now, this principle runs through the whole of chapter 1. Look at the verse 9. And God said, Let the waters be gathered under the heaven unto one place, and let dry land appear. And it was, that means God did it, and it was so. Now, come to the verse 11. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit you didn't tree after its what? Kind. Whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. That means God made them happen so. Verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind. Come to verse 20 please. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life. The fowls of the air. Flies that fly up, flies that are above in the firmament. And God created great whales. Hello? And every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after, after his. I'm making a point. I'm going to make a point here. So just follow me. And every winged fowl after his kind. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful. And multiply and fill the earth. Okay. At least I've said enough. I wanted to go to verse 24, but I'll leave that to you to go through yourself in your, in your, in your, in your own time. But the point I'm making is this. When God made all these things, and he finally said, man, have dominion. God meant that Whatever he had done, man is to exercise the dominion. If he, God, was here, he would have had on those things. I will pick the fish, for example. God made a fish after its kind. Hello? Every fish was to produce after its kind. Today, we have fishes whose DNA are different from the fish that God made in the sea. Now you know where I'm going now. 
Now we have apples, fruits, oranges that we eat whose DNA are different from what God put down in the earth. But God made you and me that we will have dominion. The dominion there simply means continue to bring the best out of what I've given to you. The rule or the dominion in Genesis 1, 26 and, and verse 28 is not harsh, it's not force, it's not selfishness, but in loving care, in loving care, look after these things and let them bring forth after their kind. Today we have GM fish. Fish that is not after the kind that God made. But God has put you and me here to have dominion. And that dominion is seen to, it is seen to that the best that God intended for those things that he made to bring us to the earth, we are continuing in that work. We are controlling, we are organizing, we are managing, we are overseeing, so that they continue to bring out their best to the glory of God. That is the mandate. That is the mandate. That is the mandate. Also, in every situation, you see, as you read, as you read Ezekiel, you see that God was talking about the shepherds, what they've done, not being right. As we deal with the animals, the land, the sea, and all these things, as we begin to deal with them, we will come into contact with people. We will meet situations. And you find out that you will still have to exercise some dominion in those areas. Although God did not make another human being to have dominion over another human being as in stepping either on your neck or your head. Any part of the body you step upon is wrong. It's wrong. Hallelujah. It should not be. No one, no human being should put one the, the, the other under such oppression and there's nothing that they can do. They're handicapped. It was for the things around. But by virtue of our dealings with them, like in Ezekiel chapter 34, our oppressions will touch other people's lives. But when it comes to all those things, the same dominion must be in place. Our rule must be such that the best comes out of people. If I'm dealing with you, my selfishness should be pushed aside. My greed. What I mean is selling you something at a high price so that I will gain. And you have to suffer for the next month. Selfishness. Where I care about what I would have. But not about you. It should be about bringing the best out of every situation. And everyone that God puts around you. If God has put friends. Let me extend. Let me apply this. If God has put friends around you, this dominion mandate suggests that we work with our friends in such a way that the best comes out of your lives. If God has given me children, I'm not talking about parental love and parent, they're all there. But God's agenda is that I bring the best out of them. Sometimes 
the condition you are in may be annoying very annoying to your neck you can't even breathe have you ever been there something so annoying you can't even breathe but still God's mandate from Genesis has not never changed have dominion and this dominion is to bring the best exercise control exercise your rule exercise your governance exercise all that you do in such a way that you bring the best out of it oh leave him alone oh no 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 if it's under your control bring the best out of it that is a command that is a command that is a dominion God gave us and not a tyrannical rule not a harshness you sit here you no 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 it is a control it is an overseeing it is it's an it's an oversight it is a handling such that the best comes out let me come closer preaching is for all of us no one is, is, is excluded the herbs the herbs were given to do what produce after their kind why later when God will say I put me, I put healing virtues in the herbs what is what is mankind saying no forget about the herbs they're not good they are bad God is saying we are to take care of it. Dominion. And the best comes out of it. Your home. You and me, our homes, our surroundings. Is it so bushy that it can't be taken care of? You didn't hear me. What I'm saying is that God wants us to bring the best. He says, be fruitful. So, if I'm dealing with a human being, God's command to the human being is to be fruitful, multiply, replenish. My control, um, if, I have, if I have a rule in that person's life, my assignment or dominion is to help that person become fruitful, multiply, and replenish. If it's the animals, the same thing. So we have a big charge. It's a big charge. Hello. If you're thinking, it's just well, hey, I'm a young person. I'm going, I'm in year six. I'll go to year seven, year eleven, and then I'll and I'll get a and I'll get a job in the bank and I sit in air condition and then I have a nice car and then I just drive around. No, 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 no. It is bigger than that. It's no, and then I have one wife, and then I have one wife or one husband. But how many, how many did you want? Uh, one wife, one car, and then one home. And then I'll be set for life. No! Christianity is not about that. It's about having dominion. And this dominion is what I've explained today. It's about having a controlling influence that brings the best out of anything that God puts around you and in your hands. That the glory gets back to Him. That is dominion. That is dominion. If I have a wife, I have a responsibility to bring the best out of her. The best. To whose glory? To God's glory. It, it, it's called harnessing, bringing out the qualities. Bringing it. The dominion means search wild, look, investigate, research, do all you can how to bring the best out and bring the best out. That's our mandate. That is the mandate. That's our charge. That is God's challenge or God's work for us. So when he said, man have dominion, it was not the easy option 
what a tyrant wants us to believe. It means I'm the king. I stand my foot and you all jump. No! It's about working in such a way that you bring the best out. I have a husband. What do I do? What can I do to, to, to get the best out of him? That he be the man that brings pleasure and sweetness and an, and an aroma in the nostrils of God. What do I do? That is the dominion. That is the word. So dominion is a beautiful word. We are created for dominion. But a dominion is a bringing out of the best. It's basically all that God intended in Genesis chapter 1. We continue with that. That everything brings forth after its kind. The herbs, the seeds. Not that I am planting something, then I go and inject something because I want more. Something that will change the DNA of the plant or whatever. So that when human beings eat it, their DNA is also altered. And they are having all kinds of diseases that they, can't even, they don't even know where it's come from. God have mercy. I don't even preach it to the right crowd. I don't know. I know this is heavy, but it, it's got to be preached. Hallelujah. Amen. It's got to be preached. It must be said. It's in the word of God. Oh, this is that lying down there, dormant, doing nothing. But we need to rise up and do something about it. Hallelujah. Amen. So God gave us raw materials. God wants us to work with them. But in their working with them, let's not work with them to destroy it. Let's work with it to promote its effectiveness. Some will say, well, what about the gases? God knew, God, God knew there will be gases. And God is taking care of that. God knew there will be gases. Some say, oh, You know, the ozone layer is depleting. If it's depleting, I wonder why Iceland is still called Iceland. God is taking care of those things. But we are to work to bring the best out of what he's given unto us. So I charge you, charge myself and all of us, we're charging ourselves today that we're living here with one task to have them exercise dominion that is go to our various places with a mindset to bring the best out of all that God has put us into bring the best out of it 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 you are a student you are struggling. It is something God has given to you. What good can come out of this? Sit down, think, and begin to reach. Ask God, help me. And come out, bring something wonderful out. Praise God. Let's start with our homes. Let's begin to change things around. Let the best come out. Let it enter our workplaces, among our friends, in the schools. One by one, one by one, one by one. A friend you've trust, you've trust. Change your strategy. Begin to lift up. Begin to build up. Hello. Maybe someone you've, you have used words to character assassinate. Change, change your words. Change the words. Change them. Hello. Change them. Yes, we can. Change them. God, I reverse all that I, 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 have, I have said. From now on, I'm going to speak good. I like Isaiah. It says, a broken reed. Sorry, a bruised reed will he not broke, uh, break. A smoking flask 
will he not quench you? If it's dying, lift up. Let's not kill our wounded soldiers. Someone may have fallen. Let's not kill them. Lift up. Hallelujah. I'm talking about sin. Yes, sin. Someone maybe you know has fallen into sin. Don't kill them. Lift them up. There is something called forgiveness of sins. Let's apply it. Hello. Let's lift. Let's bring out what God intended. I can talk about this all day. It's really gotten into me. Dominion. Dominion. It's a good word. It's not a bad word. God used it. Its meaning has been twisted. But let's reclaim it. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's reclaim it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Dominion. Have dominion. It means have a loving control. Have a control. Have governance. Have rule. In a manner that brings the best out of everything that God puts out. God puts our way. Praise God. The word of God, I must say to you, is quick and active. The word of God is living. The word of God is not just a mere written text. The word of God is living. It's a living thing. When the word of God proceeds, when it comes out from the mouth of God, as Matthew puts it, when it comes up from the mouth of God, it is a living and active word, powerful, able to effect change and change things. It is not a dead letter. God's word is living. I am talking about the word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. It is active, it is powerful.